going to die. <laughs> All right, we are live. This is Unanimous Indecision. I'm Joshua Troop, and it is the greatest day of the week because it's Saturday, which means no work, no school which means oh. all work and no play. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, it's the best day of the week because we're talking about the bad batch. Uh, I can hear myself through Ian's microphone, but that's okay uh, because he's here. And uh, so, <laughs> oh God. Um, but Ian Rosmondo, good to see you. Happy to talk to you. We're talking about the Bad Batch episode four, but before we get into that, I just want to remind everyone where you can find us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are sold for free. I didn't read today. <laughs> and I'm not reading articles. Uh, I don't need my glasses. Right. Um, I could still hear myself through your. I don't know what you want me to do. About I'm like that. echoing. I don't know. I can, can you turn, turn me like down from you your do? headset? Yeah. I don't know. Having access to uh, that uh, seems okay. Well, like, doesn't don't you have like an individual? I mean, I have a a, a, a dial that I can turn. Yeah, down, like, I don't yeah, have it sounds better. Okay. Yeah, I'll just yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Just figuring out some technical things, but so far, Ian's video video audio connection uh, is better than it was on Wednesday, and we'll give yeah. it three minutes for it to cut out again. And then the other place you can find us finishing that sentence is twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, where we do this show live uh, right now, but noon Eastern time uh, every Saturday, we're talking the bad batch. And then we do another show. We talk Wednesdays at, I guess now 6 p.m. Eastern time since we've moved it, uh, where we talk movies, movie news. Um, and this week's movie is Army of the Dead, which I'm super excited to talk about because there are a lot of weird things that happened in that movie, and I need answers. Are Terminators aliens? That's my question. <laughs> Maybe. So uh, let's jump into Bad Batch Episode 4. Uh Kind of Wait, an interesting. We were supposed to watch something for this. We were supposed to watch something uh -oh. for this. You are being paid for the now. <laughs> now this was a this was an interesting episode. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, don't go into too much detail. Oh, by the way, um, we do spoil things here. So spoil things here. That's the end of the show. <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> episode. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for watching. Thanks uh, for being here, guys. But uh, we do spoil things. It's kind of the conversation you have around the water cooler, or the lunch table, wherever you talk about movies and TV shows that you just want to you want to talk about it with friends. You want to fully discuss the episode. And that's what we do here. So we, we spoil things. So let's jump into the Bad Batch. We find ourselves following Clone Force 99, the Sad Batch, uh, down where they almost go to. I already forgot the name. Ick, 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 Def the four Ikfador, Ikfador, Ik <laughs> Idiot Floor, one of those. Something. <laughs> uh, something like that. They almost go to that world, which I had never heard of before. Uh, and I was like, that sounds cool. And they go, no, oh, it's un and they tease that it's uninhabited, which we know when that's true in Star Wars, it's not, yes. which is great. 
And so I was like, oh, I'm into that. And then we don't go there. So instead, we go to a planet, a moon, I should say, that we're sort of familiar with, but have never been to, which I think is really cool. Uh, because in the Clone Wars, let me look at the name of this place. Um, in the Clone Wars, there's a story arc that goes to the planet Ordo Plutonia. Um, which was also thought to be an uninhabited world and turned out to be inhabited by the people, the Talls. Um, and it was a really cool storyline about, um, I don't know what it was about, but <laughs> it's just a really enjoyable storyline, uh, watching the character dynamics about kind of just almost a little bit of imperialism in that um, because the Pantorans uh, populate the moon of Pantora that orbits Ordo Plutonia and them being uh, a sentient species thinking their homeworld was the, the main planet was uninhabited they had claim to it but the moment it's inhabited the Republic kind of says no 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 they they have claim to themselves um, and so watching the Jedi sort of be involved, but trying to stay out of the internal politics was kind of a, a fun thing to watch uh, between those characters. But yeah, so we get to go to Pantora and we met a handful of Pantorans. They don't show up in this episode. <laughs> um, I think that was my biggest problem with this episode is we go to Pantora and we don't meet a single Pantoran. Well, we uh, like they're there. You see them walking around in the background a handful of times. But the only people we talk to and maybe they are Pantorans, but they're they're immigrants, maybe to Pantora, uh, which is totally fine. But you'd think that if you went to the homeworld of a specific race, you would talk to at least one person of said race, <laughs> even this, on accident. I mean, this <laughs> show feels like. It's not them interacting with like locals or anything. It's it's literally it's just a, a contained story with whoever they're interacting with at the time, whether it be um, this episode's uh, new edition or anyone else. Everyone else is just background characters. They're they're just there to make the scene not look like busy and not empty. Yeah, and that's fine um, for the most part um, because I I think the Mandalorian a lot is that way also. Um, I mean, I think. <laughs> in episode three, everyone except for the Mandalorian, Grogu, and uh, Cara Dune is basically <laughs> just a background character. Now, that woman who can fire a blaster that's never explained, it's interesting, but <laughs> because it's never explained, it's just left at that, and she's just a background character. But uh... And so that's kind of how I feel about... I think that's fine. That being said, uh, we get to... The return, granted, it's the first chronological uh, placement of this character, <laughs> of Fennec Shand, Ming-Na Wen's character uh, from The Mandalorian. She's still voice acting her. Um, she's cool. Yeah, she's not absolutely. a good person, but she's no. cool. And uh, we, we know that she's working for someone. And obviously, I mean, she's a bounty hunter, so she, she took the bounty. But... Mm -hmm. Do you have an idea of who that is? I don't know. I was trying to think about it that and like I wonder if it points to Jabba the Hutt. I was going to say cuz my only guess would be could it be the Huts? 
It's I think it's one of two. It's either the Huts or the Empire. Okay. I I don't think it could be anyone else. I'm be honest. Empire would make sense, but also you would think that the what Empire if it's just the Kaminoans? What if the Kaminoans hired her to go bring Omega back? Against. Remember the Kaminoans so... hire they they work with Django Fed. They're they're not right above right. working with bounty hunters. You know. But the the only two Kaminoans of note that I, we've seen in this show, right? Nalase and Lamasu. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, because I could not think of Nalase. Um, are relatively okay with Omega having escaped. Right, but I wonder if now that I think they were okay because they're like, okay, it's out of the Empire's peer view. But now it's like, all right, but now we're having an existential crisis of all the Kaminoans. Maybe I we want need my her, daughter back. Maybe we need her back to save us. Um, and all of her OP abilities that have not exactly. been discovered yet, right? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all speculation, of course. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was cool that we went to Pantora. Fe the stuff that Fennec does is really cool and fun, and like her her methodology of doing that's like, oh yeah, I'm your friend, and it's like, well, no one's ever told Omega not to talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> And in her combat with um, with Wrecker, specifically, and then and Hunter later, she shows that she's very quick to use her surroundings to her advantage. Yeah, and she's kind of got that. Uh, I forget what form specifically, I guess, of martial arts it is, but that like you use your enemy's weight against them kind of thing. And I think it's a couple of them, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess in general, but um, but yeah, how like Wrecker lunges and she just sidesteps and, <laughs> and gives him a little additional push. <laughs> Um, I thought that was good. I was like, yes, she she beat up Wrecker. That's all I care about. <laughs> Wrecker didn't even oh. throw a punch. He was out cold. Mm -hmm. That was the best part of this episode. The other best part of this episode is how we describe Echo as the droid of the group. Yes. And in this episode, he was the droid of the group. <laughs> yes. He straight up got sold to a merchant. He went full droid. I think my favorite part, well, a couple things, like his interaction with the droids themselves were pretty funny. Uh, but when when the merchant, um, when, when he says to Hunter, he's like, I'm worth more than 2,000. Like, he's, he's going along with it now. I don't know. It was just a funny little interaction. Yeah, it's really curious. I wonder how much, like, what, what's the... What's, what's the going rate for Echoes? What's the going rate for Echoes? Like... I don't know, and like <laughs> he doesn't exactly look like the most convincing droid, but I guess in like I don't know the the explanation that he's a military prototype. Like I feel like that's more more questions than answers, <laughs> right? Like I feel like the word "failed military prototype" instantly adds more clarification. <laughs> Military prototype. Yeah, it's like if he's just a military prototype, why isn't he with the military? He moves too fluidly for a droid. Like yeah, three, 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 seven. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then droids fixing ships. That's why I watch Star Wars. I say that sarcastically, but it's kind of why I actually watch Star Wars. So um, <laughs> I was kind of hoping that uh, the three droids the uh not the the one that can talk um 
or the others, I was kind of hoping that they'd be like, this is what we actually want to do rather than live live in a, a shed. I figured they would. I, my, I, my Especially since two of them are astromechs. Yeah. I don't know what Clinker was or whatever. Um, oh, but the other two were astromechs, so they, they should be pretty good at fixing ships. And they definitely seemed excited to do it. So. Right. I think it was just to not work for off-brand TC-14. Uh, <laughs> hey, I didn't say off-brand C-3PO. That's because TC-14 is off-brand C-3PO. <laughs> so it's off-brand TC. Yeah. That's rough. But trying to think what else, because obviously these episodes aren't super long. Um, this episode felt so much like I don't think you've gotten to it just yet in the Clone Wars, wherever you were at. Uh, but there's an episode where um, R2-D2 and C-3PO get a mission from Padme because she's holding a dinner for some senator. And as part of that dessert, or I guess it's from Anakin because Anakin's sort of planning it with her, but <laughs> it's a dinner party. Uh, <laughs> and they're trying to impress him and they want to impress him with, I think fruit from his home world is what it was. So they have to go here. And um, so they send R2D2 and C3PO to the, to the underworld of Coruscant <laughs> to go get Jogan fruit. And they get captured by Cad Bane. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it felt very similar to like that kind of episode that it was like, oh, we're just going to go get this one item. They're going on a supply run to go get some food. Like, And then Rebels has an episode like that also that um, Ezra and Zeb are sent by Hera to go get supplies and specifically to go get another fruit, Melurun fruit. <laughs> and so I just I like the continuity of all three of those trips being supply runs focused around fruit. fruit. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, they didn't grab any food. Yeah, I don't it didn't because, seem that way. Because Hunter was going out there to he wanted to sell the thing to, to get credits so they could He sold Echo, got the credits, and then Omega's gone, so his focus so is on Omega. Yes. Yes. So it, technically, he did not get any supplies is what it should be. They, it sounds like they might have refueled the ship. I don't know what Echo was doing the entire time he was fixed. Not Echo, sorry, Tech was doing it while he was Yeah, it sounds ship. like the ship is fixed. He He's figured out a way to they, they, to cloak the signature. Them. Yep. Um, um, other than that, they still don't have food. Yeah, I hope that's still true because otherwise, hmm. Might be an issue if the next episode they're, they're yeah. rations. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna tell me I'm wrong. That that's how the next episode's gonna open is they'll be eating. They're gonna be like, "Well, they just went on a surprise run." <laughs> if that's the case. Uh, that will probably be the most unfortunate thing I think that's happened so far. <laughs> the, the most. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the most for me, but it is just one more thing. Uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for you. If that, if it happens, right, yeah, maybe like, well, okay, that—that's okay, that's what it would out. be. It—it it would just be a straw, though. Like there, there's plenty of other ten-pound bags that the camel's carrying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I like the whole uh, hunter and Fennec chase. It feels very attack of the clone, attack of the clones. Um, 
when they're chasing um, Zamosel in Coruscant. Also, they're uh, I'm pretty sure I don't know if it's like the exact same characters, but they have like the same moment that happened in Attack of the Clones, uh, going off of Star Wars having like repeating incidents kind of thing. Um, you have. I think it was Hunter swerve in front of someone. And they go, what the? <laughs> and then there was a, a Puju somewhere. <laughs> um, and I catch that. Um, now, this is probably coming from a lack of understanding of um, vehicles in the Star Wars universe. Sure. I thought what Hunter took was a land speeder. I don't know. Can, can those like <laughs> get more than three feet off the ground? Maybe it was a modified land spear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they entirely work. Because um, there's a classification of vehicles that is land speeders. But I mean, I'm it's hard it to... Speeder. I know it's a speeder. But like but... other than... like If you look at the other ships that people were flying, like not the one that Hunter, Hunter picked up. Because the one that Hunter picked up looked very reminiscent of the one from Attack of the Clones that Anakin rides to the Tusken Raiders. Or the um, forest troopers on Endor, on Endor. In, in Return of the Jedi, uh, which we don't see those go into the air, really. Um, they, they stay fixed. And, and, so, and so it does lead me to believe that that particular ship should have been a land speeder, but maybe it's not. But then I look around at like all these other speeders and whatnot, like Luke's land speeder. Um, that's it. Um, <laughs> um, the land speeder that uh, Han Solo steals in Solo. Um, those ships, though, like, and then you look at the ships that are portrayed in Attack of the Clones or even this episode that are shown fly in the airways of Coruscant or Pantora. I, I don't really necessarily like they're so different that I don't know which one. I don't know if you could look at one and point and say that one stays on the on the ground, quote unquote, well, and that one models, can fly like, I don't know. Is it the SE class of the vehicle? <laughs> um, no, I just and, and I'm sure that it, it's fine. There's probably just a different classification. But maybe it's a different manufactured version maybe. of it like and their their version has it you know it's like right. it's like how there's like you could get the vehicle or you could get the electrical or you could get the v8 that this is you could get the landlocked one you could get the <laughs> only only high off the ground or you get the hybrid right <laughs> exactly um maybe uh but i that was something that i had issue with yeah uh, that is one of my favorite styles of vehicle though those speeders because they're basically just like star wars motorcycles which feels yeah. cool um and just or or horses i don't know you pick horses and motorcycles are kind of the same thing if ghost rider has taught me anything so <laughs> <laughs> or that one all-state commercial that has like <laughs> yeah the half half horse yeah. half <laughs> or i guess it's a centaur or whatever but it's a centaur cycle. I don't know. Weird commercials. Yep. <laughs> entirely beside the point. Okay, so what did you think? So do you think this was a good introduction Introduction, uh, like of the first time chronologically chronologically that we see Fennec Shand? Fennec Shand, yeah. Uh, I'm, all, I'm all with it. She's mid-mission working for what I think is either uh, Jabba the Hutt, which would 
explain maybe she knew about Boba Fett a really long time ago and maybe he recognized her and that's why he saves her. Um, and then he gives her the echo treatment and turns her into a droid and that's why she survived. <laughs> um, and then put a bunch of wires in your stomach. They're not connected to anything. They're just shoved in there. <laughs> but right <laughs> cut open insert wires close <laughs> close you're alive yeah. um but also uh the uh but it could be the empire i mean boba fett in working for job the hut was working for the empire also and so maybe they have that connection um and i mean who knows maybe fennec shan knew the younger boba fett the boba fett before the armor um and like that, that could be interesting too. <clears throat> I'm very curious to see, um, cause I don't think this is the only time we're seeing Fennec Shand. I mean, she clearly has the mission to go get Omega. So that will be relevant, um, over the next few episodes. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Do we, okay. So do you know how many episodes Fennec is supposed to be in? We well, I mean, I don't. I, may, maybe we do. Okay. I could look at the IMDb, Just but but there, I don't know. It, the IMDb is often wrong, anyways. Right. But, and I imagine for animated, it's even harder to get right. Probably. But I'm just wondering if we are going to see her because she said she's going to find the kids. So I, I assume that we'll see her a couple more times. A hundred percent. Do we? Is there going to be a crosshair and Fennec team up? Ooh. Both both sharpshooters of their own right. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think about that. Man, that would be interesting. Oh, man. <laughs> I want to hear that like exchange of, of names. Like, what's your name? Fennec. What's yours? Crosshair. That's a dumb name. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just it, fun little silly things uh, to me. I, I get a kick out of. I don't know. Jabba the Hutt calls his son uh punky muffin so <laughs> uh Jeez. as far as dumb names go not necessarily the top of the list it's not the worst there's further to fall yeah uh but where where do we go from here i that's gosh i mean i guess we go to it it ikfador ikdafor ik ikthiomimus <laughs> Uh, name. yeah would be cool but uh that's the problem i think i have with this show is that it's so unclear where it's going it doesn't feel like it's really going anywhere right like they have no mission right now like they say they're just trying to survive but like they're not even doing that very well like <laughs> And not to say that like they're doing it poorly, they're just like not making choices that favor that. <laughs> it a floor. It a floor. It a floor. I D A F L O R. There you go. Um, and so it's like, it just feels like right now, like things are happening to them. They they feel like very passive characters in their own story. Right. They haven't. Um. I I we don't even know what the. I don't want to call it the active story, but like what their their goal is, because at this point, they're 
Hunter's idea was to hide and, and wait out mm-hmm. and see what's going on. And that doesn't make for a very good story. I, I don't know. I disagree. So I think there's a story where they go and get a little cabin on the floor and uh, the rest of the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. No, come on. Keep, keep le- lean into it. Tell me why I'm wrong. Keep going. <laughs> the rest of this, the rest of the show is just yeah. them being a big old happy family. They, they reenact full house, but it's for, that's four basically full house anyway. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but Okay. Okay. I, I hear your disappointment with my statement. I hear that. And I bring back an episode of the Mandalorian that I've already referenced today, which is season one, episode three, which is where they literally went to a planet just to hide, did something interesting there. And by the end of the episode learned they couldn't hide there. (laughs) I mean, that's yeah. Uh, Likely, if they do continue on to eat a floor, which I don't know if they'll even, I don't know if they have, if they have enough food to last that <laughs> right. far. You know, if you, they'll hunt on it a floor. That's true. You could do that. Who knows uh, what's there? But <laughs> it's de- one thing we know for sure: it's definitely not uninhabited. I <laughs> right. It, if they say it's uninhabited, they're lying. Yes. Yeah. It's being kept from the records. It was wiped from the yeah public database. <laughs> it's inhabited by Kaminoans. second home world but but yeah i I feel like that's the story you tell is you you go to this world because you want to try to hide that that's your um it's your your protagonist going through the steps of like finding their destiny is at first they think they're they're like subverting their destiny and so they're like i'm just gonna hide i'm I'm gonna hide it out and then they eventually have to learn that they can't hide that they're gonna have to do something about it so they think they need to work with people and depend on others and then they have to realize that no they need to do certain things themselves um which is basically luke skywalker's journey in a new hope right (laughs) is that at the beginning he's like no, I'm not going to leave. Like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, I'm not going to leave. And then he's like, oh, I have no home anymore. <laughs> like, oh, maybe I guess I should go. And then he's like, oh, Obi-Wan will take care of me. And then, oh, Obi-Wan's dead. I guess now I have to do things myself. So I'll blow up the Death Star. Like, and, and so you got to go through those decisions. And in a TV show, I think it lends the narrative fairly well that you could just do an episode to each milestone the only problem is it's taken us four episodes to get to even this first milestone uh <laughs> but think about how much growth they've had as characters along the way right hunter you has know, accepted of... that they're gonna have to take care of omega and they got rid of crosshair like that's that that's right. like changing up the party dynamic already like in episode what two one one <laughs> still I, one I, still <laughs> like hey episode one's a long it was a long episode it was a good episode yeah uh so much growth so much and, and then omega was like what is this and he's like that's crosshair's weapon cabinet we're, we're not emotionally over this yet <laughs> that's not character growth <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> um, i mean i don't think there's been much character growth other than- i mean it's a good character moment it's just not character growth uh, <laughs> I think the only growth has been Hunter's acceptance of Omega and seeing like this is something. It's their acceptance of Omega of. and their acknowledgement of Crosshair's betrayal. Uh, the, those Although are like also, the only dynamics. They also think though, because I think actually I think at this at this point in the show, their end goal is to figure out 
how if tech can fix the the chips, the inhibitor chips, or turn them off or something to try and get Crosshair back. Yeah, it's really interesting. I wonder if like so someone else could do this. I wonder if this is. I mean, may, maybe it's a good thing about Star Wars, but I'm looking at the repetition of it as maybe a bad thing. So Darth Vader, right? Bad yes, dude. Bad dude. Best. Yep. And then Luke finds out he's his father and he's like, I've got to save him. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> I've got to save him. And then uh in the sequels right i can turn kylo back it's completely about turning kylo back in uh the clone wars it's more about the or the clone wars the the prequels it's more about the fall of anakin rather than the turning of him back uh which is why i think i like the prequels is because we don't have a fall of other characters very much in in the rest of star wars um but like i wonder if this storyline of that like this character is redeemable this super bad character is redeemable and like because now with crosshair and whatnot and like it's Dude. just it just keep ha keeps happening and and it's something that like i kind of look at it as like uh, it's a big problem in the superhero genre that they're like all right this person is bad so we need to stop them and then they go oh but my cousin is bad he can be turned back and it's like if there are people that are close to you that are bad why do you give them the benefit of the doubt like you should try and turn everyone back or no one like you you should have that that moral understanding of whatever that is i mean like one way or the other you should just be consistent and it's like i get it that maybe you want it more for your cousin but like it half the stories end up succeeding rather than failing so am i like making this up in my head but did did uh captain america chris evans captain america um ever try and do that for crossbones because i think at one point he like tried to talk him back talk him down or out the only time though Captain America like actually fights crossbones is in Civil War, right? Because they don't encounter they don't well, I guess they do fight in Winter Soldier, but there's not a lot of talking. It's just the elevator scene, right? Is their only encounter, and then Sam fights in the rest of Winter Soldier. Um so 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 it's just Civil War and yeah, no, I don't think he's trying to talk him down. Okay, okay. Then Which I, I mean, like that kind of goes like similarly, though, right? Like he well, I was, I was he he to wants to talk to Bucky like... down, right? Like Bucky's this crazy mass murderer, and he's really trying to talk Bucky down because he's his friend. He's my oldest friend, and he's it's the like person who's still around from then. And and don't get me wrong, it's okay to tell that story every once in a while. Like I'm not bashing on the Darth Vader story. Like, I think it's one of the greatest stories ever told. I'm just saying when you do it so many times throughout the same medium, throughout the same franchise, the same story, sometimes even the same characters, it's very annoying. And I, I can't help fast. but notice this pattern. Like if we do get a. Uh, uh, like that's something I really like about Solo is that 
he's like, oh, Kira must be a slave of Dryden Voss. Um, but no, she's his right hand. <laughs> um, and, and that's something I really liked is that he completely misjudges the whole situation. Um, but like, I can't help but think that if there is like a second solo somewhere down the road and Kira is also in it, that Solo's entire arc is going to be about trying to redeem Kira. And whether he succeeds or not, I guess, is a story yet to be told. But uh, I just can't help but think that, right? Like, right. No, it definitely does seem to be the case that it's, whether it be superhero genre or in Star Wars, that these characters only want to try and save the bad people if it's their friends and family. Yeah. Right. Which, like, I get that you would want those more, but it's like you do have to acknowledge the bad things that your friends and family are doing. Um, like, not everything is is hunky dory that Kylo Ren turns back. Like, that's great, but let's remember. And I mean, I guess it's convenient that like Darth Vader turns back and dies instantly. Kylo Ren turns back and dies <laughs> instantly. <laughs> and so like, it's convenient that those people are dead where they don't have to go through the winter soldier kind of, uh, repercussions of it all. Um, and that's why I think it kind of works in the MCU is because the one time that like it really succeeds and the character survives is, everyone still hates him and there's a ton of problems with it. And the entire civil war storyline is based around it. And like, um, and then the whole Falcon and winter soldier show. And so like, uh, they definitely don't like ignore it. They don't say like, Oh, and it's, it's over. It's not over now that he's back. Um, and and, and like around him. Right. And so like, but because star Wars kills off the characters that instantly redeem themselves, it's like, a, no one knows that they redeem themselves. Um, and then B, did they really redeem themselves? I mean, the rest of their life, like, like yes, they did choose a better tomorrow, which is always a good choice. But let's not forget that they, they did a bunch of terrible things. They ruled the galaxy with an iron fist. It's true. Um, Looks like you're looking up something. Yeah, I was just looking up uh, <laughs> Alden, Alden Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich, I'm gonna say the Ehrenreich. actor. Yeah, yeah, for solo. Uh, for solo, just seeing what he'd been in recently. Uh, not a lot. Uh, he was in uh, the TV series Brave New World that came out last year. Yeah, uh, but other than that, like, not much since. It's okay. Solo. He's Han Solo, so he'll be back. I just he'll be back in the Lando show. Which that is coming good. out never. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's all in limbo, development limbo. Yeah, I don't know how much more there is to talk about this episode. I'm trying to think if we missed anything. Fennec's obviously working for some. Who do you think? I answered the question. Who do you think Fennec's yeah, so working for? I My first guess, and, and you went into much better detail about it, because I only had an answer. But I didn't have anything to, to, to build off of that was going to be the huts mm-hmm. um, specifically the huts was it when I thought, I thought I'd think Java, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think you gave a good argument for why it could be Java. And then I didn't even consider the empire. Um, I think of the two, I'm, I think it would be more likely to be the huts because 
I don't know if uh, Tarkin wants to trust a bounty hunter enough to, for this job. He would probably send his new death squad or something. That is a good point. Well, yeah, so... That, that That's my reasoning against why I think it would be the Empire. That's a good point. That It's unlikely that Tarkin would use a bounty hunter, I think. I, I think I agree with that. But... Why would the Huts want Omega? What do they know about Omega? She's force sensitive. She has How do they know about Omega has. though, right? Like the Empire at least knows about her. Oh, how did the Huts learn about her? Right, right. Cuz she's never left Camino. There's no documentation on her. That's a good point. I also haven't thought about and I didn't even think about while watching this episode like in trying to keep my theory going of that she has all her yeah. powers i don't know if she exhibited anything this this episode i don't think so I, I was looking at it like i guess the one thing you could kind of point to but the way it was shown it seemed like very legitimate instincts which was like when she was on the cart and so she gets to the handle and flips it over but then like she looks over and sees like a flying strap and she jumps to jumps it to but it's like yeah no she's just that's kind of arbitrary. Like but you're gonna have to do more than that to hint at something. There's what sixteen episodes, and there's yeah. only four or five of them, so we don't need one single power, one glimpse of a power in every single episode. Yeah, I'm really hoping um, that now that we're done with the first four episodes, I hope now we can get into actual story arcs and do the Clone Wars thing of four episode arcs, because I don't want to. There's gonna be multiple arcs per the show. Because I don't want to spend this whole season. Otherwise, they got to make the arc more interesting. They got to start making it more interesting. Because right now, it's right. not that interesting. Because um, right now, they're just like, like side stories. It's just like what, what, what is it? They're on the run. And they've been where are they running to? Nowhere. <laughs> okay. Um, like at least, like the Mandalorian, you could sum up in a similar statement, but you had a few more answers. That it was like, oh, where's the Mandalorian running to? Anywhere the Empire isn't, <laughs> right? Which which you could give the same answer. But then but it's like, happens. but there but there's the additional threat of the other bounty hunters that are showing up, and that's why you can't go to that forest world that I don't know what it was called, but uh, where they blew shrimp farm. But uh, <laughs> But uh, and that's why hiding doesn't entirely work. So maybe you do have to take the fight to the Empire and whatnot. And uh, I still think I want this show to end with at least one of them dead. Yeah, I think that. I think it'll again. I think my first choice is probably Wrecker, but I think it would be the biggest shock if it was Hunter. Oh, for sure. For sure, the, the leader. The yeah, to have the leader be the one he gives gives up his life or something, yeah. or or maybe it's not even it's not even like glorified or, or whatever. It's just a he just could shot or something that doesn't make it. Um, <laughs> Unlike Wrecker, who could walk it off. Right, right. <laughs> Clearly, he doesn't have the same genes. It's the same um, shot. <laughs> he time travels. <laughs> uh, but that that's how we can make Star Wars better. Yeah, time right. Travel. Brilliant. You're hired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I still think I, I want at least one of them to die. Um, I also have a feeling, and I don't, 
because this show is supposed to be centered around the Bad Batch, and as, as we've seen so far, it has been. But with the focus on Omega, by the end of this, it might be more focused on her. Yeah, I agree. It's like there there are definitely questions that I have that like need to be answered, but. I, I have no idea where you could even get said answers, right? Like, are we going to a Jedi temple at some point? Are we meeting, like, are we meeting a Jedi at some point? It feels like, again, that, like, everything that kind of happens right now is just happening to them. They make one conscious decision in the show, and it's in episode one. And maybe this is why episode one's my favorite, is that they choose to leave the Empire, they make the conscious decision to not kill Saw Gerrera. They they make that whole decision to defect. Like that's a good moment. The rest of it is episode two is they learn about cut. Episode three is they go get a uh, capacitor. <laughs> is that what it was? Yes. <laughs> they go get a capacitor that was stolen from them. Episode four is Hunter goes to get Omega, who was stolen from them. <laughs> like, or if you follow it from Omega's point of view, in episode one, you meet Omega, who has an interesting, uh, a a curious interest in the Bad Batch, even when everyone else apparently hates them. Mm -hmm. And then they go off and come back and pick her up, and she joins the crew. Right. In episode two, she learns of children. <laughs> what play is. And Spheres? What is this? Developed a bit of a closer relationship with Hunter. Right. In episode three, she shows that she's not just dead weight. She can actually do... She's mostly dead weight, but not all dead weight. <laughs> uh, she's able to get the capacitor um, and bring it yeah. back to the ship. In episode four, we learned that she's actually wanted and, and a person of interest to someone. Yeah, I and guess so I guess that's a good way of looking at it, which I guess points to it being more Omega's story than anyone else's, is that she's the one solving problems or at the center of problems. She's at the center. And I imagine by the end of this, um, she's going to have uh, some difficult times i again i think with the with the death of at least one of the the bad batch and she's going to have to i'm using the term because i can't think of a better one grow up mm -hmm. um, no and and by the end of this show season she's we, like we are going to be f switching from following hunter as like the main view that we follow i mean it, go, going off what you're saying that like if hunter dies um although it'd be kind of weird if like omega immediately takes up that leadership role <laughs> but went from crosshair replacement to hunter replacement right, right right uh but like to go off that though that does follow like the the general storytelling of because like like we say like hunter is like yeah they're all kind of it's all kind of four dads and a baby kind of thing yeah. uh four men and a baby but uh but at the same time like hunter is definitely like the most um closely attached to her and so like if she loses him that's the loss of a mentor figure which forces her to step up kind of thing and so it follows the generic storytelling hunter is the father wrecker is like the, the fun cousin Tech uncle. Is the uncle uh, and echoes the droid and echoes still the droid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. I'm, I'm, I made myself chuckle at that. Um, I definitely, I, I do think though that by as the ship progresses, we are going to see us following more of Omega's perspective. I think you're right. I, I think you're definitely on something there. I've been wrong before, so and I, I'll likely be wrong more about the show. Name one time, no, <laughs> but every theory uh, I had in one division. All right, let's briefly talk about this um, because uh, we'll talk more about it on Wednesday. Well, you may not even be here on Wednesday anyways. So let's definitely talk about this today. Yesterday, there was a tweet, a confirmation, an interview. One of those (laughs) that uh, said that Dave Filoni is now the executive creator creative director <laughs> um let me look up this article again of lucasfilm yeah uh well it's not marvel <laughs> well i didn't know if there was if it was some other th- yeah like, like a subset Disney. yeah um so the mandalorian executive producer dave filoni's new job at lucasfilm isn't actually new but uh, fans on Twitter got excited anyways. So apparently, according to an interview with Variety, um, this goes back to last summer that Lucasfilm actually promoted Dave Filoni uh, to executive creative director um, at Lucasfilm. Um, so last summer he got this title, but they just didn't announce it until now. Um and a lot of people are celebrating it um, and whatnot. And and I think that's cool since I, I think Dave Filoni has been involved in a lot of the the positivity around Star Wars as of lately. Yeah, um, and I think even the people, I mean, like, like, let me put it this way. I'm not a fan of the Bad Batch. But I do not feel the same way about the Bad Batch as I feel about some other Star Wars products. <laughs> And maybe it is just the nature of nature of the beast of it being a cartoon TV show versus a theatrical movie that may, maybe I do have different standards for him, but um, I think the problems that like some of Filoni's stuff have are oftentimes smaller. Um, to me, they're still big problems, but I think if I were to scale them, they're, they're smaller, smaller issues with the lore relative to the, the product that they're in right but. yeah <laughs> there you go um but yeah i, I think that's pretty cool um uh, it's pretty interesting because it does jive with a lot of the rumors that were passing around so kathleen kennedy's contract expires at some point this year and there's a lot of talk that she's not going anywhere um and that was angering a lot of people who have been upset with the direction star wars has been headed as of the last like five years, I guess, six years. Um, but if you think about who, who's the one that just promoted Filoni, it's Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> um, and, and so maybe, maybe she was encouraged to do so who knows, but like she, she ultimately made the call. She made the decision to promote Filoni a year ago. Um, it does make me wonder though, because a year ago or maybe even more than a year ago, but like we were starting to get the push of the high Republic stuff. 
and the push away from the Skywalker saga. And then a lot of projects that Filoni is attached to uh, before we knew about this. Now, I guess he's kind of attached to all projects. But uh, before we knew about this, it was the Bad Batch and then the Mandalorian and all of the Mandalorian spinoffs, which obviously are all loosely take place during the Skywalker saga. But we're done with the Skywalker saga. Right. hundred percent. There's more stories to tell. Um, uh, and it makes me wonder, this. though, going back to that December announcement, I was like, whoa, if he had this job then, like, was it like a promotion? But they were like, but it doesn't start until this day or whatever. So like you can start thinking of stuff you want to do, but you're you, you don't hold that role yet. Right. So it makes me wonder whether it was that or if it was just immediate to where the December announcement that Kathleen Kennedy gave was Dave Filoni's slate as the executive creative director now um, that he's the one that chose those 10 products. Obviously a lot of them were already in development. And so they were just like confirming them. Like obviously Kenobi, he wasn't going to throw that away <laughs> or, or uh, what's the other one? Andor, the Cassian Andor show. Um, like they weren't going to throw away projects that were, they were in the middle of, but, but the rest of it, like visions, I wonder if, whose side of the aisle it falls on to drive the civil war even further but um <laughs> uh yeah as if the, the fandom is not yeah it, it's just like I, i'm now curious who who's whose slate was that is what was the the visions the acolyte lando uh what droids a star droids, wars story like yeah, I, I definitely do feel like droids is a feloni pick and that that's something that like I don't know. I don't I'm understand. Not I'm not yeah. Super hyped about that one. I don't understand Filoni. Like, like Filoni gets it for sure that like ultimately these things like are for kids, but we're telling very deep stories in them. And sometimes deep stories can be dark stories, but, uh, but, but it has to be approachable kind of thing. Um, and I think droids is a cop out of approachability, though. <laughs> but, but yeah, what, what do you think about this? The Filoni's promotion um, a year ago. I, I think he's given us a lot of good things. Um, I haven't seen everything that he's been attached to. Uh, I think, um, but for the most part. I, I do think it's uh, it's good for him that now he has a little bit more creative control over what's going on because uh, he has given us a lot of things that, that we really like. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think you're right that, that he does kind of get it uh, because when it comes down to it, a show like the Clone Wars is a show for kids. Right. Uh, and, and, and as you, as you said, and, I mean, there are always fandoms where people like past the age demographic they're they're starting for like are still watching. But but I think I, I would even say the original trilogy. Like, okay, maybe we have to redefine kids. The original trilogy's young adult novel adaptation without the yes. novel. It's a young adult adaptation. Like you you throw Star Wars and Harry Potter into the same conversations. Like, <laughs> uh, and and so it's like okay, maybe you have to redefine kids, but like, yeah, I mean, ultimately compared to the average age of human, those are kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I think you're definitely right. 
I mean, it's exciting to see to see where we go for now. Because so that was the tweet was relatively recent, right? Like that was just the past couple of somethings, days or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. This was this. just uh, May twentieth, two days ago. Okay. So that I a wonder, lot of people found out about this. Yeah. I wonder if now they're talking about it. Now they're saying like, um, now's that we want to we we want to announce it that he has this position if they're doing that if that's like leading up to a big announcement or something or or, i mean and they could just be tweeting out whatever updates are going on like hey he now has this position or not but but like you would think in a company that a lot of the the, um they like they want the hype around their their projects and whatnot Mm -hmm. that you would do something like this to to kind of build up hype like ooh, he gives us stuff that we like right before they do a big announcement yeah, maybe it's to get more people to watch the Bad Batch, though. That they're like, "Hey, you want us?" The <laughs> he he just put this out, and he's now our executive creative director. What right. what do you think the announcement would be? What what's the kind of story you'd like to see announced? Is it like a Darth Bane, a Revan? Uh, I I can see a Revan. Uh, something honestly, in the future, some, something something weird, in the future or something in the past. I would really love a like old old past story, something from like yeah. the the. The old republic, the, the, the Jedi Rangers. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, I would, really, I would love to see really out story. there. Like, like there's like twenty thousand. Yeah. Why? Um, I I don't know because I, I I love the stories that are being told in Star Wars, and they're and from um, Legends there there are so many different stories throughout, uh, spanning tens of thousands of years, mm-hmm. and we've really only covered a hundred years. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'd love to see some some branch out from that. So if they said, "Hey, like more stories of the High Republic, or more stories even further back," I, I would love to see that. Yeah, I'm with you. There, there's plenty of stories to tell. That um, even though it is fun to, I think it's really fun to spend time around these the Skywalker saga since it was such a pivotal moment in right. the history of this world. Um, but there are other cool moments for sure uh, to eventually tell. The only reason I don't know if it is, because I agree with you, this kind of announcement, especially having been done for a year, uh, this kind of announcement does kind of hint at like an announcement of a, a new really big project to be like, hey, we just announced him and then look what he's giving you kind right. of thing like even though it's, it's all planned beforehand right like it's all just pr stunts on top of pr stunts but pr stunts are, are what brings in the hype it, it's like it's right. a narrative woven to tell whatever story you're trying to and, and if that story is hey we were building up hype because we're, we're going to tell that uh, dave filoni just got the same position mm-hmm. and wow woo, yay, and then tell like hey he's bringing something else something new something exciting something blue something 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 something. uh (laughs) yeah uh the only reason i would say though that i'm hesitant to say that they'll announce a new project Mm -hmm. is because they told us about 10 projects right back in december and it it would be weird to and we've gotten the bad batch pause for dramatic effect oh wait no there's just nothing else 
yeah, it does seem we're at a weird point. In- and like, yeah, COVID obviously played a huge role in that, but like we haven't got Mandalorian season three. We haven't got Andor. We haven't got Kenobi. We haven't got Ahsoka. We haven't got Visions. We haven't got... <laughs> I mean, this is... A, we're, at, we're at a point now that we were at with Marvel several, a couple of years ago where we had so many... Right. Things, and I guess... And they just kept to... announcing more and more. And it was like... But it, it takes a little bit of time. Where's Black Widow? <laughs> if they keep announcing it, eventually once shows and movies start coming out, then... As it goes, like you'll just be, you'll hit a point where you're constantly releasing, constantly talking about new stuff, right? Which but is where Marvel's that happens, at that we talked uh, about a couple weeks ago. Until that happens, we're at the, we're in the interim where you're only announcing things, and because it takes long to produce them, we just haven't gotten around to that point yet. So, like, we're at the part point where it's going to take. I mean, except for maybe Mandalorian season three, it's going to take like a year or so before we really start getting these shows coming out. Well, I um, think we are supposed to get. Um, a show I wasn't even mentioning, but I think we're supposed to get Mandalorian season three and Boba Fett either the end of this year oh. or like January kind of thing, like okay. like the back to back kind of thing. I, I want to say um, Boba Fett or it's what Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. What a great name. I love that name. It's so much better than just Fat <laughs> Boba, Boba T. Boba T. Um, yeah, December twenty twenty one, and then Mandalorian season three release date is also December twenty twenty one. I doubt that, okay. but uh, but so like that that does bode well, and then. I think we're supposed to get Kenobi sort of early next year or something. Right. And then I'm sure that'll be followed closely by Andor. So maybe, maybe in a year's time, we'll be having this exact same conversation, but have a completely different frame of mind. That's like, yes, now be announcing stuff left and right because we're flowing out products. Um, We actually know that you're working on these things rather than just announcing them. Like, it, it's different um, from Sony saying, "Hey, we're working on six movies." Do you know what it reminds me of? The <laughs> X Men Future movies. Let Let me see if I can find this image from some Comic Con. Uh, no, that's not it. Um, do you remember there was a Comic Con where X Men did the Marvel thing to tell you what was in their next phase of movies? And it had Gambit on it. It had, uh, I think, a Kitty Pride movie or something. It had, uh, I don't remember what else was on it. Some of those things actually happened. New Mutants. I think that was the New Mutants announcement way back when. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like they they release their beautiful graphic with all these logos on it, the way Marvel does, the way DC does, the, the way all these big franchises do. And then uh, all these X-Men movies didn't come into being. And it was just like, right, don't announce it if you're not going to make it. But yeah. um, anyways, that's probably where we're going to conclude this show because that's just about the top of the hour. Ian Rismondo. Thanks for having me. May the force be with you. (laughs) (laughs) And also with you. Yeah.
and also with you. <laughs> I'm Joshua Troop. Dizzy Nameless Indecision. But before I forget, Wednesday is Army of the Dead. Next Saturday, we'll be talking Bad Batch Episode 5. So tune in for those on Twitch. Uh, like I said, Unanimous Indecision. We'll catch you next time.